0: Hello and a welcome back to ATO After The Whistle, the podcast brought to you by the Capital City Supporters Group in Ottawa. Today, Johnny and I will be mostly trying to put into words our emotions following Atletico Ottawa's agonising defeat versus HFX Wanderers. In a dominant but wasteful encounter, history repeats itself as our squad depth is exposed. We explore the potential solutions TD's hate-hate relationship with a certain Brazilian striker and find out why some supporters are left with a sour taste in their mouths after yesterday's game. I hope you enjoy, and just a little disclaimer that in this episode, some choice language is used at times. hello and a welcome back to ato after the whistle the podcast brought to you by the capital city supporters group today i am as always joined by johnny Macarthur as we're about to Dissect, divulge, fall into the depths of despair as we talk about our feelings following um, Atletico Ottawa's 2-1 defeat against HFX Wanderers this weekend. This second defeat in a row at TD Place with the Forges having been breached for the first time uh, last week with uh, a 1-0 defeat to reigning champions Forge. Um, Johnny, after the Forge game, we did a lovely episode, which if you haven't, gone, uh, haven't listened to yet, do go back and listen to episode two for some insight. Yeah. But uh, you said that it was probably the happiest you'd ever felt after a defeat. Um, after <laughs> this one, how do you feel?
1: Uh, basically the opposite, I would say. Um, th- this, I, I said this on the day of, and I stand by it today too. I believe this is probably one of the first games in our history that we've lost that I genuinely believe we should have won. A lot of the time, you know, you lose, you're like, okay, I, we were the worst team on the day, that's fine, maybe we could have scored more goals, but we didn't. Yesterday genuinely was a game that we should have won that we just, that we did not, you know, we didn't. I gotta say, as, as in in a little bit of pettiness, that I'm glad that these games weren't reversed. I'm really glad that this isn't the game that uh, ended our home undefeated in the league streak. I would have been way more pissed if that was the case.
0: (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think that is a, uh, a feeling... I think that's a feeling absolutely everyone is going to have, every fan from Atletico Otter is going to have. Uh, just like we're going to dive into the, uh, the game a little bit here. One of the things I noticed at the start of it was um, I rewatched the uh, 2-2 draw with Halifax uh, the day yeah. before this one and yeah. uh, took a little look there and noticed that Halifax's press wasn't particularly high up the field, especially considering uh, how high Forge pressed us. I, w- I was intrigued to see that because we really struggled to build from the back yesterday first minutes Halifax really pressed us high up the field I'm I'm assuming they watched that game tape kind of saw what Forge did to us at the beginning of the game stopped us building up from the back but despite that we did uh, we did come out and we had the the best like first chance the the first chance of the game when Ben McKendry broke into the box having following some good combination play down the right wing um, denied one-on-one Having rewatched it from from the one soccer broadcast, did you did you see uh, any way Ben McKendry could have squared that ball or was going for a goal even at that tight angle? The right decision for you?
1: Um, I think it was a. It, it it seemed like a. I I I was expecting him to square it. I think it probably would have been the better decision. The shot wasn't an awful decision, you know. I mean, I, I think it was it was a it was a good chance it was a good chance and then the the rebound that that was the rebound that came out into the box that we didn't get a a good uh, a good foot on it right the, those first mm-hmm. like 20 something minutes the fact that we didn't score was was amazed me even the whole game honestly the amount of chances that we had that no, absolutely. I mean, we'll get into that we'll get into that later but yeah the, McKen- the mckendry chance i would have liked to see a square in because there was two lads running into the box that probably would have had a better shot than he had
0: yeah, well, this is the thing, like watching it, watching it live down there, I just... I, ben McKendry's head goes up he does take that glance to the left he has a look and looking for support and he then makes that decision to shoot and from where we were in the supporters section uh, it did look like that was the right decision to be made at the time but yeah having rewatched the one soccer broadcast today I was a little bit like oh maybe he yeah. could have held to try and find someone in the box especially yeah. once the keeper saved it and it came back and there was that heavy touch that then Nunez couldn't go on the end of yeah. if there was a little bit of, of quicker thinking there slide that back perhaps to I think it was Malcolm Shaw or no no, 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 it must have been Brian Wright coming into the box at that point. But regardless, as we said, no matter how good that start might have been, um the, the history history just repeats itself and it's the same old, same old annoying shit. I'm sorry, but like another fucking penalty so i Johnny like, to talk to us about this because well, I'm, I'm so dumb with that
1: <laughs> i know i i know the last episode i was you know i was chipper and i was like okay like i'm not going to be negative for the rest of the season whatever it's going to be right off anyways let's look at the positives i'm so fucking sick of seeing us concede fucking penalties we have more than tw- we have, I, probably, I want to say probably more than twice the amount of penalties conceded than the next on the list you know what i mean i think we've got one like every two games every two games yeah, that,
0: we are 17 games into the season we have conceded eight penalties in the canadian premier league and one penalty in our only cup game it's
1: fucking absurd and it's one th- like it's one thing it's it's the it, it's lack like what's what's happening why is this happening you can play poorly You can concede goals like i can understand that why are we conceding so many fucking penalties
0: I completely agree, and like one of the things I found so frustrating yesterday, as soon as I saw that that was a penalty i um yeah i was I was down in the dumps immediately, and we 're going to get into that a little bit more in a second, but I just looked up at the jumbotron and I was like who who was fouled, not even who committed the foul yeah that 's kind of like beyond the point at this point. We all give away penalties yeah. but who who was fouled it was Carol. And it what. It was Kara, well, I'm going to say his name, wrong. <laughs> Kara, Kara Janovich. Yeah. Janovic. Uh, the obviously Carlton Raven um, U Sports drafty, who when we were building up to the U Sports, obviously very well known here in Ottawa, everyone was over ecstatic and over the moon at the fact that we had the first draft pick, and therefore we could get Kara <laughs> in the draft being a local boy how yeah, perfect would that yeah. have been for, and uh, all yeah. he's shown all he's shown all season is we should have done that but the big thing for me as well is kara kara went down in the box there I'm going to ask you what you thought about the collision and about the penalty in just a second. But anyone who has watched any game tape of the CPL over the last few weeks knows that you can't touch Kara in the box. Yeah. It, last, last week out, HFX Wanderers came from 2-0 down and in the last 10 minutes managed to draw a 3-3 with York United. Yeah. Kara won. Cara won two penalties in the last seven minutes of game. Both of them were clear, blatant, 10 out of 10, congratulations. Dives yeah, that were, were gold awful. medal, gold medal oh worthy. Goodness. Absolutely. But what I don't understand is how there's no one that's watched a game tape to go. Kara's breaking into the box here. Yeah. Maybe maybe we don't stick a leg out or yeah. maybe we don't get close <laughs> enough to him to invite that contact. Yeah. Cuz Johnny tell me you you've, you've seen the replays. We yeah. we obviously saw it live in the stadium. I've had the benefit of seeing it again since. Yeah. But what did you think? Penalty, no penalty?
1: I think it's a it's a penalty. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be salty and be like, "Oh, it's a dive. It's a penalty." And part of being a good striker like Kara is is you know how to draw a penalty like that one. I mean, it was dumb of Tevin to put his leg across the front of his body. And, you know, the way that Cara moves, it's like, you know, he's like, I'm going to go down and I'm going to get this pen. And it's going to be a pen. You know, there's no argument about it. It's just so frustrating. Like you say, how did you not watch their draw with York and be like, Mm -hmm. I cannot touch this man in the box because he is going to go down.
0: Absolutely, and it's sort of the same with uh, with Morelli. You know what you're getting from Morelli. Mm. So how about like you go look at the game tapes and you figure that out? And it was just it was so fr- it was it was one it was so frustrating. There was such a big um, there was a very big crowd at TD Place yesterday. I think according to some reports online, I haven't seen the exact numbers, but it was the biggest sale ticket sales event since the home opener. The, yeah. So it was the biggest crowd we had there. Don't get me wrong it's a Saturday afternoon, it's very much a blockbuster renter crowd, you know, popping in just for the sake of a nice Saturday afternoon and something to do and I get that they're not going to get all on their feet and chant in the same way and I get we have to lead people and, and try and encourage people to do this but, even for the faithful, even for all of us who go week in, week out, that penalty happens and it goes in. And you know what? The wind was out of my cell. The effort that it took for us over the next, well, the rest of the first half and then the beginning of the second half, which I'm going to give a big shout out to some people a little bit later in the podcast. Um, for some efforts that were put in to be able to get the crowd riled up again. It took an immense amount of effort because we're just sick of this repetitive story of here's a gun, there's my foot, let me shoot it. And we, we are not clinical enough to be able to go off and just concede easy soft penalty goals yeah. that put us on the back foot These t- this team is going to go play two away games now and they're not going to have the benefit of the dub and the supporters cheering them on um you can't you can't go and play like that you yeah. just you just cannot johnny i'm just i'm incensed yeah.
1: well if this is how we're playing at home like god forbid i don't want to see how we're going to play away for the next few games I just I don't want to see it man and I, I can I can totally understand what you're saying 17 minutes in boom there's another penalty against us we're literally that meme of the, the dude on the bicycle and he sticks the stick into the spokes of the back wheel <laughs> and then falls over you know that's yes. us that's yes. lit- we're literally that meme like we just do it, it's like we give ourselves the disadvantage constantly
0: and, and again, when we talk about the frustrations going forward, you, you started this podcast with an, ex- an extreme level of, of, of anger, let's say, at the fact that this is a game we should have won. We carried on dominating possession throughout the yeah. whole of this game. I think we ended with just under 60% possession. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, 87.8% passing accuracy with nearly twice as many passes as HFX Wanderers. We dominated possession. But I think this game really showed me that as much as I love the boys in Stripes and I love the, uh, the effort they put out on the field, there are certain key areas on the field where you need some of the best players in the league there. Yeah. Shawl, number two, centre-back for HFX yesterday, was dominant yeah. and I, I don't think i don't think if i had a better adjective than dominant i would use it but like that just encompasses his play yesterday mm. brian wright had a bit of an off day in terms of what he could have done himself yeah. but throughout the rest of it shaw stuck to him like glue and and he was he was aggressive he was big he was fast he he understood what was happening before it happened and it was one of those things where even though we played better than halifax them having a defender like that yeah. made all the difference. you got, obviously, uh, you got Gangon Lapre on the, on the left-hand side as well, and you got Hal Morelli, who's like one of the best players in the league as well. So they've got very talented players across the pitch, and I'm yeah. not saying their other players aren't any good, and I'm not saying they're even better than the players we have on the field, but they have key players in key areas who are arguably the best players you're going to get in those positions in the league, and that, for me, was so telling yesterday.
1: It's so true it's, especially in a position like center back like you need to have like uh, uh, like as n- if you if you're looking at the list of our best center backs in the league other than Drew Becky I don't think we have anyone that would really be in like the top 8 which is like you know you would want like one of the best in the league on like every team and we've been missing someone like Drew Becky for weeks now so It's just it's not it's not a position that you can that you can mix and match and just plug holes with you know Mm what it has to be solid and and, and when it's not we get we get uh, runs like we've had we haven't won a game in a month. We've got three draws three losses in the last six you know even in games when we have 12 shots you know like today I mean we can put the defense the blame on the defense But I also would want to put the blame on the clinical finishing, the same thing as the last game. I mean, like I said, we have 12 shots, but only two of them were on target. The amount of times that we broke into that final third and got a good ball, especially in the second half, and got a ball squared in across the box for someone to run back, absolutely fire it straight into a defender. I mean, I think that happened like three times in a row in like 10 minutes. It was absurd.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll dive into that a little bit more in a second. But um, I mean, like Brian Wright, what, what else could you have expected from him yesterday? Because as I said, he had a very hard match up against Shawl, yeah. who was very—he was up for it. Shawl was just up for it and I'm yeah. not saying Wright wasn't but I, I don't know I, th- I felt Wright struggled physically against him and then even there was an occasion I think it was like 10-15 minutes in when McKendry slid right in on goal and that heavy touch just pushed the ball straight into the keeper's arms yeah. and it was like yeah. you, at, w- at, what point, at what point do we go like no this is unacceptable a striker of the quality of Brian Wright cannot be especially we're in a run of form like we are at the moment mm-hmm. like we need players like him to be taking those on opportunities yeah. and it was just so immensely frustrating and I think um, not to not to bash on him too much because he has played very well over the course of the last few weeks but then we look to the player who's been utilized on the wing at the moment because we have no Bernardino, we have no Webb and we have no Telfer and all these other players that we signed at the start of the season to fill up the wing positions who are no longer with us for the variety of reasons they're no longer with us yeah. and it's now annoying me even more than it ever did before um, <laughs> Malcolm Shaw is being pushed out there when I say Malcolm Shaw yes he can play out there but like, like we're not playing a four-three-three. We're playing yeah. a four-four-one-one. Malcolm Shaw is not a right-side right forward here. He is a right midfielder. And I just again we said it last week. But I I asked you the question last week: Are his talents being wasted out there? Yeah. And I think Malcolm Shaw showing us his skills in the second half there. I think that the answer is yes. Yeah. Yes, he is.
1: Yeah. So I like I definitely um, I had expressed an idea. That he wasn't good enough to play on the wing. That was the wrong idea to express. The right idea to express was that he's better playing at striker and his striking skills are wasted when he's on the wing. I mean, look at when he went up and played striker and then got our goal. See that takedown? That long ball, the takedown with the outstretched foot, like one or two touches, cool left footed finish between the keeper's legs. I was like, that is what he does. That is what he does. And that's what he's best at. And it's, it's, it's it shouldn't be oh he's not good on the wing it should be he's just better at striker and that is where i want to see him and it's a shame that he has to be played on the wing Mm -hmm. because of situations
0: and this is my frustration. It's not to say Brian Wright couldn't do something equally as well as what Malcolm Shaw did. I mean, uh, the really interesting point about Malcolm Shaw's chances, he did make that run a bit more from the right-hand side, meaning that he wasn't being man-marked and hugged by Shaw in the way Wright had been yeah. done all game. Yeah. Uh, and the, the ball that came in from VT Martinez, who, by the way, we will get into the fact that he made an incredibly positive impact when he came in off the yeah. bench. Um, the, that chipped ball over the top went over Shaw's head and it was like the first time in the game that we played a pass that removed Shaw from the equation. Yeah, no. And at that point, that's when our goal came. That's when our goal came. Um, well, as you said, we um, there are uh, Shaw's movement and work rate was fantastic. His goal was very good as well. He wasn't perfect though. Seventy-first minute, Johnny. That do you, oh, is the, there the, an excuse? Is is, is the there header? an excuse for a striker free <laughs> free? Sh- free header yeah. between the penalty box and the six yard spot uh, over over the bar i mean like the thing is he'd already scored a goal at that point so it's not like he wasn't being clinical he'd popped one in but yeah it was a striker of his quality as well and i mean i know that i know that he will he'll be as disappointed by it as anyone else as, as he was by yeah. by that miss but um yeah that one that one hurt because he that was playing so well You just expect him to bury it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's that one hurt a lot, especially because when I saw him jumping up, basically unmarked to hit that ball, I was already halfway out of the couch. I knew that it was going to go in because it has to. A guy like him getting a ball like that, it's going to go in. And I mean, like you said, he's going to be more annoyed about that than me or you can. So there's really no point in going on about how annoying it was to see it because he would just be
0: like yeah i know (laughs) no absolutely absolutely it's just it's and, and if that was in isolation, it is what it is. It's a missed chance. But yeah. there was a couple of other fantastic chances before that in the second half after we had scored yeah. with Nunez and Soto being denied by body on the line, last yeah. ditch defenders, shawl once with the heads mm-hmm. when Soto came in. And then Nunez being blocked by, um, was it uh, Ruby? I think Ruby so, came yeah. on and uh, he had that big block when Nunez was flying in as well. And it was just, it was just one one of those where it just felt Halifax are putting everything on the line here and I don't think we're gonna it's when those two things got blocked and then Malcolm's header went over and I was like that's it like we it was the last straw
1: yeah the header was the last straw because those two block shots happened very shortly after the goal I think the goal was in like the 52nd minute there was a block shot at the 55th and then a block shot at the 56th and at that point, I was like, man, we're really piling the pressure on, we're, ba- like, the uh, the wind is back in the sails, because now we've equalized, it's second half, like, we're attacking, attacking, attacking. But after those two big shots got blocked, and the amount of other breaks that we went on that didn't result in a shot on target, it was just, it was like, this is going to be one of those days, isn't it? Like, I don't, like, we don't have a lot of days like this, because we don't usually have days where we're where, where the superior team. But it was going to be one of those days. And with the missed header, I was I was the same. I was like, man, I don't know if we're going to score again, which 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 is insane, because before that I was absolutely positive we were going to score again. But then you get just so much, you know, lack of clinical finishing, so much bad luck for a few times in a row. You're like, I don't think this is our day.
0: And bad luck, that's really interesting. You mentioned that there are very similar words were expressed by head coach Meester in the uh, post-match press conference. And we can take a little listen to that. (laughs) The problem is we repeat the same history like the other game. And uh, we create a lot of chances to score very clear, but I don't know for why, but we can. And uh, the other team is shooting maybe plus the penalty two times or three times and you lose the game. Uh, We are desperate because uh, we don't know if we can do anything else more to win the game. We create, we have the possession, we recover very soon the ball. But the problem is uh, the luck is not with with us and I don't know. uh, And this is our real problem. The real problem is we have with the other goal, it's not with the other team in this moment. So yeah, Mister, there absolutely laying down the fact that he's just he's questioning what more we can do. Literally, he's like I don't know what else we can do at the moment because we are making we are creating chances we are dominating games. One of the things that did frustrate me we just came off the back there of talking about those multiple breaks that we had that ended up not having goal scoring opportunities from them without having a shot on target. Yeah. Well, my big frustration there is the fact that uh, when you get the wind in your sails post goal that's fine. Launch the attacks because that's a great time to keep forward. But after that, when that didn't succeed, I, I would have wanted to see the team get a foot on the ball and just move it around for 10, 15 minutes. Don't worry about really trying to have to like smash in and get that second goal immediately. Remember that you now have the momentum. You now have the wind in your sails. You now have Halifax are on the back foot and they're weary. They've been in this situation with us before. We love a late goal here against them. I just felt like the game management from about the 60th minute onwards was, was, Mediocre by the players on the field. Um, I actually bumped into uh, AJ, uh, the assistant coach, on my way home yesterday, and he was saying how they they were tried. They they realised that there was um it was turning into a basketball match essentially. It was end to end to end to end to end. and that's something that um that that well he was literally just said that's the only thing he wished the team had done better was stop stop that that match from turning into an end to end thing because as soon as those substitutions came on. And for Halifax they had the they had the pace they had yeah. the energy that we just didn't have uh talking about our little Spanish contingent here uh, Nunez and Soto what did you um what did you think of their performances yesterday Johnny
1: I, th- I mean I'm not gonna lie I think Nunez had a pretty awful game I mean the amount of the amount of times that he chose to do- make the dribble and then just lost possession I mean, I, it's, t- it's too many to count at this point now. Like, it's almost just a black hole of possession when he gets that ball. He'll try and take the dribble on. So- Soto had, had you know, another He doesn't really have bad games. But um, I feel like there were some moments when he had a pass available that he didn't pick the pass. He would dribble, and then it was almost like he had his head down. There would be, like, two or three people entering the box that he is one of the, you know, people on the pitch that can make that through ball, but he chose to not and instead keep Mm -hmm. dribbling and then take a shot off instead Uh, i don't uh.
0: yeah I know I wondered about that, and I think that I think the way you've described it there is per- perfectly emphasizes my own thoughts on on the matter. I think Nunez had had a very average game by his own standards, uh, regardless of anything else about any other games. Just taking this one in isolation, it was it was a very average game, as you yeah. see. He Lost possession a lot. Alberto Soto. I think, but I think in all fairness, I think Nunez's work rate, especially defensively, was still solid um, all the way until the point where he got subbed off. He was still running back, tracking back if not putting in a tackle in defense, at least he was a body there to try and slow down the yeah. attack. I actually, I can't, I can't fault his work right there, but absolutely going forward, from the beginning of the match, from the first half, I just felt like he was off the pace. His passes were in like less accurate than they should have been. As you say, he was dribbling when he should have been passing. He was attempting to dribble and not getting anywhere. I think uh, I counted up to 11 dribbles when I rewatched the game this morning that were unsuccessful. Oh my god. Um, But I also believe he should have been off on the 70th, 60th or 70th minute. I think that needed to be identified earlier on um and and he he needed to come off the field because we waited until like the 82nd minute to bring him off yeah. and it was just by then it was like well no one can make any any difference uh and this is actually something that was being spoken about online a lot at the moment was about the fact that meester uses substitutions far 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 less than any other manager in the canadian premier league it's something we know from the bubble last year it's something yeah. we know from the bubble this year why do you think that is johnny
1: well th- the, the Nunez thing is i mean you mentioned it like his work rate is actually incredible and so like especially in a team like this that's pretty invaluable um in ideal circumstances there is absolutely no situation where he has the second most minutes played on the team of the season like he currently does behind mm-hmm. Miguel Acosta there is absolutely no situation he plays as often as he's currently playing if we have someone like Jordan Webb if we have someone like Bernardino if we have someone like Telfer who doesn't get himself a five-game suspension or leave to go play uh, internationally. So, <clears throat> he's burned out. He's a kid. He's playing far too much. And it, sho- it shows now, he- but he-, and he doesn't stop running. So, it's going to get to the point where, alright, you can keep running because physically you have that energy. But, I mean, you know, m- you get mentally fatigued. And it starts showing when you start having mediocre games like like the last one where you make wrong decisions like more often.
0: And mental fatigue, I think, is such a big part as well. When we mentioned earlier, it was hard to get that crowd going, especially after the, uh, after the first penalty. Yeah. Well, that, was, that comes down to mental fatigue as well. I mean, we've had so many home games in such a short period of time. Whereas a core cool group of us who bring it every single game, and you know what? Ob- ob- I even I yesterday I was like I'm tired yeah. and you know I'm still putting in so much effort to get the crowd going uh, and even I'm feeling that so never mind like the chaps actually down on the pitch. Yeah. Um, talking of, of Soto, we uh, we actually came up with a little song for Soto yeah. yesterday. Uh, did you hear that one? That one come across on the broadcast I mean, at all? R-
1: remind me what it is. Maybe I did hear it
0: so I uh, like the like the Mesut Ozil one from from Arsenal so we are, we've got Soto Alberto Soto yeah. I just don't, I don't think, think you understand. understand okay yeah no
1: I got that one
0: he's <laughs> meester's number 10 he's better than your men <laughs> we got Alberto Soto and I one. think like his and his performance yesterday did justify it to, to yeah. a certain extent his work his work rate was fantastic yeah. as it always is yeah uh, absolutely. works his cotton socks off both going forward and going backwards he had a phenomenal chance in the 20th minute there was maybe a little bit of a handball in that control even though the uh the commentator said there wasn't but that he is that that half volley that he smacked wide and a guy of again when we talk about wasteful finishing i'm like he is not above it himself like best player on the team and he's that was a wasted chance right there and as you say I, I, it did get to the point where it's just like man is this team just so frustrated with each other by not winning at the moment that they're on, they're on the fritz with one another? Because you said yourself, Alberto, he had a couple of opportunities to slide players in in the second half and yeah. he didn't make that decision. He, he had his head down, he was going himself. It looked like he was trying to do it all himself. Yeah. And is Absolutely. that is that is that frustration? Do you think there's a division between the Spanish players and the Canadian players in the camp? Like, what what do you what do you make when you see them on the screen, Johnny?
1: I mean, I don't want to think that that's the case, but I I think it would be disingenuous to um, completely dismiss the idea. Uh, I mean, going going back to the to the Soto chance, uh, I was. Man, I was losing it over that. If that went in, that would have easily been goal. The season contender. I mean, the the to to pull the uh, the short pass too that went behind him. So to pull that up mm-hmm. with his leg, get that half volley, and then smash it the way that he did. If, if that had made the back of the net, ball, Joe, my goodness. But um, yeah. I, as far as as a, 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 I mean, there's there's definitely a separation in the camp. I mean, when you watch videos of people entering the stadium. It's Soto and Nunez and Acosta walking in together. You know, when you watch their Instagram Lives, they're the ones hanging out with each other. Like, I've yeah. seen Soto on Instagram Live. I don't think he speaks English. I don't think he speaks a word of it, to be quite honest with you. So there are situations where, yeah, they probably just spend time with each other. And, I mean, like I said, I don't want to think that it's, like, a problem. But in in, in a time like right now when... uh. We're in an absolutely horrendous run of form when there is already going to be heads down and people frustrated, then a wedge already existing in the team like that really doesn 't help things
0: yeah it 's one of those where like obviously we don 't know how how true that could even be, but this is an impression some of us are are getting there seems to be a core set of people who go over with one another and uh, some of them go off in different directions and there was a moment that uh, has be, that was mentioned by a fan yesterday, I haven't seen it myself, I tried to find it back on the broadcast but cameras cut away at that point where there was a throw in on the left hand side and Acosta ran over to get the ball that McHendry had in his hand and apparently the, the, the thing that the, the fan said he saw down there was that Acosta went over to get the ball to all into McKendry and McKendry just threw it in and didn't acknowledge Acosta at all and Acosta was left, stood on the sidelines with his hands up and they like what the fuck dude <laughs> and um it would just and it's almost like well th- could that be just very innocuous could that just be a nothing moment that people are reading more into but i feel like there's enough at the moment and it's also to be expected when a team of professionals is struggling in the manner that they are with yeah. the results they're getting there's always going to be some fiery fiery moments for for these for these guys they're professionals at the end of the day and they want the best to happen but uh it's, it's a difficult one and I don't I and like we heard from Meester I, I, I don't know what more this team could do we yeah. had 12 shots 2 on target 2 of them were not on target because they were counted as block shots the Nunez and Soto one which were destined for the back of the net yeah. themselves um, compared to Halifax's 10 shots and uh, 5 on target uh, in, t- in terms of like at least the, the supporters element of it you watched the broadcast Johnny did yeah. the atmosphere how did the atmosphere sound at the stadium because fans I had the I got the Impression that fans were tired having being tired myself
1: yeah like i mean it's still it still was nice it, you could tell that it was a, a bigger crowd than the than the past few games it was still loud like it didn't i honestly didn't really get um the impression that the people in the stadium were as sort of let down as apparently they were until i started talking to people that were at the game afterwards because the mm-hmm. the sound on the broadcast didn't really didn't really show it, it was it was down in the dumps as mu- as much as apparently it
0: was well, honestly, this this really comes down to the fact that despite the fact that we're down in the dumps, despite the fact that this is history repeating itself and we're kind of bloody sick of it at yeah. this point, um, and the fact that there was a lot of fans in there who, who maybe were just there to like watch something happen it's rather than trippers, actually be yeah. here to... Yeah, day trip as well yeah. and just support the team. This comes down to the testimony of the Capital City supporters group as well as the Bytown boys yesterday who really... They, the effort that went into like reviving that crowd and you've got to sh- give a sh- shout out to Eddie as the MDO Paul who was down there helping him out Uh, I was down at the front for the first half and moved up for the the second half to try and distribute noise throughout the section a little bit more but Stefan uh, active member of the Bytown Boys and the Voyagers for many many years now really stepped up as well into I think he was I think he was mad at at the at the crowd (laughs) a little bit and he did get them going Uh, if you go to around the 80th minute you get the classic Icelandic Viking thunderclap hear in the stadium that was cool man
1: you could hear that over the broadcast, too. I was like, oh, my God, they're doing this, and they're pulling it off. Like, it's it's coming off, too.
0: So it started in just section W yeah. and we started with the first few claps and then a couple of us, myself included, kind of wandered out into the um, into the um, yeah. aisle section where the stairs are. I was just screamed over at the rest of the stadium, clap your hands. <laughs> and like everyone in all fellas, everyone really got behind it yeah. and it was something that worked really well and gave us a big boost for that last 10 minutes to try and give the boys a push forward. Yeah. Um, where there was a lot of Morelli bantering of course because uh, absolutely despise him as a player to play against and would take yeah. him on my team any day um, <laughs> but you know he's danced, he's celebrated and danced in front of the supporters enough times that it is uh, is. and like uh, look I had some gr- we had some great awful things to say to him yeah. um, which definitely came and um, bit us straight on the arse as he scored the 89th minute winner, that's the second time I think he scored two goals against us yeah. as well but all, all of this really to say that despite how knackered we all were mentally uh, and physically from from doing this over and over again. And look, I get the players are as well, but as the supporters we're just we're trying to sell an atmosphere here yeah. no offense to the guys on the field because they're putting a lot of effort in mm. the results is not, the results are not selling anything to anyone at the yeah. moment you're not yeah. going to be bringing anyone in because of results so we're trying our hardest we are trying so hard to be able to make the atmosphere in there one that's so enjoyable that despite the results it's still something that people are going to get behind and it's going to build and we, our, our love is unconditional we're, we're here rain, shine, snow as the song goes yeah. Um, but uh, I found at the end of this game there was a core group of players who came over Kapoor, you had uh, Malcolm Shaw a couple of others as well but there w- it, was a, it was a small group it was a very small group of players who at full time came over and just came over and acknowledged us down in yeah. that section and this is the first time I've ever left TD Place bear in mind we've had like what four or five, six games there Yeah. Uh, it's the first time I've left there and thought you know what I'm I'm a little pissed about that yeah. because there were so many Atletico Ottawa players yesterday who walked straight down the yeah, tunnel. Yeah, that's that's bullshit,
1: man. That's bullshit. It should it should be every single player, every single game. You know what I mean?
0: Especially at the moment, you're in a hard run of form, and we yeah. are doing absolutely everything we can to yeah. keep a positive atmosphere. We're knackered, we're drained, we're still trying to create something that's worth watching here. And I was I and many other fans actually, you do I was referring to, are a little bit hurt. Yeah. about the fact that not more players came over and gave recognition to the supporters section yesterday. After Look, if you can come over and clap us when you get an 89th minute equalizer and we cheer for you, when you concede an 89th minute winner for the other team and we're still there cheering and we're yeah. still singing our love towards you, yeah. then the least you can do is spend 15 seconds walking to the right, giving a clap and walking back. Exactly. And exactly. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to the players who went off and uh, who did come over and do it, as I said, Kapoor, sure, there was a couple of the younger guys as well who came over and I think that was very respectful of them. But yeah, I found, look, I know it hurts and I know it sucks and I know you're all professionals, but yeah. the, we, we are the 12th man. The game doesn't exist without you. And I think there was a little bit, this was the last home game for two weeks. Yeah. I think there's a little bit more respect could have been shown well, that's just to the it, people who cheered.
1: It feels like disrespect, right? And I mean, like we, we were talking, like we, we sort of touched on a theme about like, okay, we're well the w is pulling their weight we would like to see you pull your weight as well and that's not to say results wise it's like okay you lose games that's fine that doesn't mean that you're not pulling your weight but when the dub is pulling their weight and you concede a penalty every second game that seems like okay you need to be doing better than that because this isn't this is you know this love is a two-way street and I'm not going to be like, oh, you're not good enough because you're losing games, so now I'm not going to love you anymore. That's not the case. The case is is that there's some things that it's like, alright, if we're putting the work in the stands, you need to put the work in on the pitch and not be putting, conceding silly fucking fouls. You need to be putting the work in on the pitch to work amongst each other and not be pissed at each other just because you're in a bad run of form. You need to be putting the work on the pitch where you come over to the supporter section, every single one of you comes over and then claps And show that you appreciate the support and you heard the support and then have everyone leave the stadium at least on some sort of good note and not a sour note because you just walked right down the tunnel because you couldn't be arsed.
0: I think that, Johnny, I think you've just perfectly phrased that. Regardless of everything else that happened yesterday, we created, there are positives. I think Zach Verhoven had a fantastic game. Yep. Miguel Acosta has continued once again to have a fine run of mm-hmm. form at the moment. I think Dylan Pauli made some very good saves. Ben McKendry had some good box-to-box going. The return of VT was positive as mm-hmm. well. Tevin Shaw gave up the penalty, but he also had some very good tackles in that game. Malcolm Shaw looked dangerous and look, Wright and Nunez had off days, but they, that, that kind of stuff happens yeah. so you know there were still positives to take away from yeah. this game despite the slump of this defeat and you're absolutely right when you said the phrase sour taste in my mouth i was i was annoyed and tired at the end going for goodness sake we've lost another game and morelli came and sor- celebrated in front of me again because yeah. he comes down to the dub every bloody time he <laughs> scores um and look, like that that was frustrating and that was mentally draining yeah. and i'm knackered but you're so right. Them just, most of the players just going straight down the tunnel and not coming to acknowledge us left me going, fuck you. Well,
1: that's just it. You're like, well, you're like, what the fuck? Like, what was the whole point of me being here and like trying to, trying to usher a victory? You know what I mean? Like, am I just going to stay home next time if you don't give a shit that I'm here and doing all this work?
0: Yeah. And again, this is the first time it's happened. There's a bad run of form at the yeah. moment, and I get it. And like, I'm, it's not like I'm saying this as a way of going, these people are terrible, this team is terrible. Well, that's and just it, I mean... This- this it this is this could just be a one-off and things could come back in a different way in yeah. in two weeks time. Um, but you know, it's just I feel like it needs to be said and it needs to be said now because maybe someone out there is listening who can pass this message along because it happening once is one thing. Yeah. If it becomes a continue, if it comes a repetitive and continuous a, thing, guess yeah. guess what you're gonna lose real quickly well, support. That's
1: exactly, exactly. It can't uh, it can't happen again. I suppose would be the best uh, best thing. And then, and like we say, like we get we get. The frustration. I mean, I don't like. Like I said, we haven't won a game in a month. Six draws. Uh, sorry, three draws, three losses in the last six. Uh, mm-hmm. Losing games, we should be winning. I mean, I don't care who you are. You're not going to be able to keep like 20 lads in good spirits in a, in a run of form Absolutely. like this. But the thing is, yeah, you could be
0: te- you could be Ted Lasso, and the and no one would be believing in that. Play, well, exactly. Uh, and room. you
1: could be the same group that's been playing with each other every year for 10 years. You know what I mean? And not not a group that literally has never played with each other before this year and you still would be sour and, and you you would be frustrated and in bad spirits but there's just some things you have to uh you have to just buckle up and, and and do anyways and acknowledging the support in a bad run of form a continued support in a bad run of form i mean you know how, how many teams would still have a supporter section absolutely rocking after uh, after a run of form like this you know what i mean like a, A lot of them wouldn't, a lot of them would stop showing up. I mean, look at Edmonton, you know, people just don't show up to games anymore.
0: And that's the thing. And I think that's something to not be taken for granted. All right, to spin it around onto a little bit more of a positive note, I guess um, I might not even be positive at all because I feel like (laughs) this podcast, this episode might just be a total rant fest from beginning to end, but sometimes that cathartis is something we both need. So it's a rough one and we're going to (laughs) accept that. we did we did create chances yesterday yeah. and going forward uh, this is what I want to ask you Johnny going forward what else do you want to see from the team um building off of what happened yesterday
1: i i think more of the same i mean even even well obviously not more of the same fucking hell but like <laughs> like, like, I, like I said in the, in this, in the second half, the amount of chances where we had, where I was like, we are going to score the amount of times we had people running into a box with someone squaring the ball across and then had a shot that unfortunately got blocked by a defender, you know, like these things are unfortunate. These things aren't the result of bad work. They're the result of bad luck. So eventually you make your own luck. And if you keep playing positively, you keep doing the right things, then eventually the luck will come. So, I said it in the last game where it was, okay, I don't feel as bad about losing because I thought we played really well and we didn't make any stupid mistakes. This time we made a stupid mistake and that was part of the reason why we lost. But, I I mean, if we played the same way, if we played mistakeless yesterday, like if we didn't have the wins taken out of our sails with that stupid fucking penalty that we'd give up all the time then it would have been a far different game based on how positive we were playing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, as much as this might sound like a totally backhanded compliment, uh, i'm I'm content with some of the chances we are making at the moment. I think we are causing teams some trouble i didn't like the 20-30 minute spell from about the sixty sixty fifth minute onwards of the game yesterday. I felt like we were frantic and a little bit out of control We's, and we could have we could have controlled yeah. that game better We turned and into still long ball. Created chances we
1: turned into long ball tu- f c again for a little bit, and that was quite annoying
0: absolutely embracing the cold rainy night on a tuesday right yeah. so um there, there that's that i didn't like that i was a little bit frustrated by it but the team is still the team is still dangerous and they are making chances so just yeah just hopefully hopefully it turns around <laughs> i just sound so despairful yeah. right now well
1: it's under it's understandable it's understand i'm sure anyone listening to this feels the same way as well unless it's a halifax listening to this and just absolutely loving it
0: Oh, probably because that relationship that that rivalry that relationship is <laughs> developing very quickly there was some nice bite in the challenges there we had the classic chant going yesterday that we did do at the end of the game that I uh I know McCure came over to see us I'm pretty sure Verhoeven did as well but McCure I think was definitely one of the players because yeah. we were singing rather have shawarma than doner." not <laughs> we'd rather have shawarma than doner, yeah. not and he was laughing his head off at that one. <laughs> it's so, uh, one it's a good
1: one it's a good one
0: absolutely so you know like I. At the end of the day jolly i think it's just one of those where we just have to knock this nail on the head and say on to the next one um am to the glad next one did...
1: and we're not gonna have to fucking see them at uh, at td place again for the rest of the season so that's pretty nice we still have to play them two more times because of the weird season with the, the weird little schedule but we're not gonna have to see fucking morelli's punchable face run
0: in front of the dub again for
1: until ne- until next year until next year
0: <laughs> until next year when he's maybe snapped up by someone else if they don't have uh, yeah. halifax don't give him a big enough contract cough cough atletico ottawa atletico to madrid people uh can you bring him here can so you that snap I him up please him?
1: oh my god i would love that so much that would be that would be uh ultimate dark arts
0: Maybe <laughs> it'll, it'll be the ultimate like uh, Tevez going from United to City, that kind of thing. Just like just jumping, jumping the. Uh, yeah. and, and this is the thing because the a kind of player. He plays on the verge of being out of control. Yeah. You know, like he's on the verge of always doing something so stupid well, that he has so his... much bite to yeah. his game. Look at his But yellow like card. he always holds him more
1: Honestly. Perfect epitome. Well, that's just it for me. Like it's like I can appreciate, you know, a punchable face, like some shit housing, like some dancing and stuff. I don't really love it when you do a violent motion off the ball as retribution. I thought that that yellow card was really ugly, and it was an ugly side of the game in general. And I don't think that's like that's not good playful shithousing. That's not being rough. That's not you know putting extra bite in your game. That was that that crossed the line for me, and I was I said a lot of really bad words about that man for a few minutes there after that.
0: I must admit that although I kind of do agree with you there VT Martinez definitely made the most of that and he (laughs) knew it was coming and you see in the replay uh, you see in like the the footage after when VT is kind of just like up on one knee as he's not quite stood up yet he's got this wry smile on his face going I knew I'd riled Morelli up I knew he was coming through the back of me and I made the most of that (laughs) Um, which again like something we like to see I think VT again is probably the only player in our team that has that kind of bite on him and I kind of I do kind of like that. um in a defensive capacity i'm not sure that vt and mckendry is our best duo um but i think vt and mckendry are the best midfielders we have so how we're going to accommodate the best possible midfield going forward is going to be difficult now that we've got mckendry Shaw, vt and hopefully manella coming back as well who do you think who do you think would be the players that you would put in the lineup for the next game
1: well it's definitely going to have to be um what we should be doing, which I don't know if we are doing, but it's going to have to be, you know, opponent by opponent. It's like, okay, who are going to be better against this specific opponent? I think that, mm-hmm. that now that VT is back, which is lovely to see, and maybe Manila might be getting his legs a little more, I'd like to see Tevin start on the bench next game. Just because mm-hmm. I, think, I think this game he had... Um, I was glad that when he got subbed off at halftime, not that he had a bad performance. Well, I mean, he did have a bad performance. He caused the penalty. He got a penalty and then also got a yellow card, and I was like, I think he needs to be taken off at half because he's a liability to get another yellow today. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he has he he. I mean, he's already been suspended for yellows once, and I think he's got another two or three. He'll probably be suspended for yellows a- again this season, and then that's gonna mm-hmm. and then that's yeah. gonna be two games. So mm-hmm. I'd like to not start him next time around. Um, probably would start V D if he's ready. I'd like to see Manella play himself back into form, but right now I don't think anyone takes McKendry off that starting 11. I think he's one of the first names on the team sheet right now.
0: I agree with you, but I think if uh, Tevin's not playing and McKendree is, then McKendree can't do what he did yesterday, which was that box-to-box midfielder role yeah. where he gets in the opposition's box, because VT just doesn't have the same defensive capabilities yeah. as McKendry does, and I think if Shaw isn't in the team, McKendree needs to be that screen in front of the back for yeah. The number of chi- the number of times during that basketball event of the last 20 minutes uh, yesterday that, uh, that the v- the VT, ma- and is coming back from an injury at the moment, it doesn't have 100% match fitness I'm sure um was was kind of not left stranded but like he couldn't quite give that shield to the back four in the same way as a good defensive midfielder could did make me think that perhaps VT would have to be more box to box as we kind of expect him to be we know he's popped up with the goals, and a would have to sit in front of the defense I just feel like that 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 combination yesterday did kind of let us down defensively as the, as the yeah. game went on
1: yeah yeah it's it's you can't be obviously. You can't play two eights in a pivot. You know, you'd rather play two sixes and and so it's like, all right, like who is going to do what today? You know, like that need yeah. that needs to be like clearly communicated. Which I mean, you know, I think a McKendry Manella pivot could be good. I think I think Manella plays better as a six than he when earlier in the season when they had to play him higher up because we were missing players. And I think his better. Position- well, yeah, when we
0: were so. Second- when we were looking to get someone in as a number 10 cuz yeah. Soto hadn't even arrived at the team exactly yet, yeah.
1: exactly yeah those were weird times eh <laughs> <laughs> they
0: feel so long ago yet well, yeah, so what much pain has happened in season. between
1: <laughs> but uh i mean <laughs> i i think i th- i mean if he's got 90 minutes in his legs i think uh, i think a manella mckendry pivot could work and i would probably mm-hmm. that would be that would be my pick either manella mckendry or i mean like you say i i think that that mckendry vt uh pivot could work as well just as long as you know we've got at least someone playing a six at at, at all times
0: yeah and i take it you wouldn't be making any alterations to the the front three for the game, next game against york um because i mean who who do we don't really have anyone to bring on really no, the, and that's got the all... likes of kupland and mercure but you've not really got you got uche who in all fairness like I think Uche when he came on yesterday, the first five, 10 minutes, I was a bit ma. And then I thought I, he did He did grow his way into my heart a little bit more yesterday. He had some good movement off the ball. He had some nice touches as well towards yeah. the end. So I'm kind of hopeful that there is a, there could be a little bit of a revival there, but I still don't think he comes into that front three. He, I think he's still a player off the bench.
1: Yeah, no, I think um, what we were talking about when we don't use a lot of subs. And I mean, when you look at our bench, that kind of answers that question. Why? You know what I mean? Like we don't have a whole lot of depth. So... Yeah, I mean, It's the y- thing.
0: Absolutely. I think our squad depth was massively exposed yesterday. Yeah. And I think that is clear. It's not, I don't think it is even so much about Meester not trusting his bench. I just think he knows that he's got mostly kids on his bench. Yeah. And then you look at Halifax, who come on and they bring on, uh, who did they bring on yesterday? They, bring on, they brought on Alex Kamara, Marshall. who's.
1: They bring on someone yeah, like Alex Marshall, who absolutely, like, with fresh legs, who absolutely turns the game around. Like that's a massive sub to make. That's a massive asset to have sitting on the bench.
0: Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, they bring on Soltaire again, who's yeah. coming back from injury. And we got to remember, they played essentially, they played Corey Bent up front yesterday. Yeah. He was relatively fast, yeah. but he's like not tall or anything. No. And he's not a center forward. He's a winger. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, they brought on Soltaire after and, to compliment And then he
1: assists that. the goal.
0: Absolutely. And this was the other thing. I just felt like Higgins and Kapoor ended up like paying a lot of attention to Corey Bent when you go down the other end and Shawl was the only one paying any attention to right. And I feel like we need to get to that point where we don't need to draw in two of our defenders to play, uh, face up against one attacker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's I don't know. We, we, we've, we've, we've spoken at length about uh, about our center back problems, I think.
0: Yes, and we spoke. I think we've spoken at length about our, our frustrations here. I think they've we've gotten. Then I think the whole point of this episode was getting them off our chest, yeah. <laughs> being able to being able to go off and enjoy ourselves a little bit over the next fourteen days until uh, present back at TD again. Yeah. If you're kicking around the capital, though, there are and uh, other events going on with Capital City Supporters Group over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be doing uh, two watch parties at the Senate Tavern on bank for both of the away games. So come on down and share in the experience with some fellow. Fans fans and then you can re- rejoice together slash hug each other at the end of it when it <laughs> when it all goes absolutely brutally wrong so you can come join us for both of those games i believe it is the 14th and the 19th of the two games but just double check the schedules uh for that as ever if you want to get your bum in a seat at td place in section w where you want to come and get involved I like sing chan be part of that amazing atmosphere that we're trying to create for the boys on the pitch to try and push them forward. Then you can get tickets for the next game, which is on the 25th of September. Uh, so that was two weeks yesterday, so Saturday the 25th. And if you're getting section dub tickets, you can use the code CCSG for yourself and a little bit of a, dis- a discount right there. Johnny, you're back in town for the Cavalry game, am I correct? I am. I,
1: I bought those tickets the other day, so it's uh, that's the it that's confirmed. the 25th one. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. In the Fantastic. dub. We'll in the be, dub, obviously.
0: And we'll be able to do a uh, a live podcast recorded in a pub straight after. I think that's get ourselves next to one another. Yeah,
1: that's gonna be fun. It's going it's can, definitely uh, gonna be more reactionary and less um, uh, uh, clear headed because we're gonna be a few tallies deep. We're not going to have the stats right in front of us probably. It's just going to be purely,
0: well, I saw that and it was shit. <laughs> it, w- it will be very much post-match reaction yeah. rather than post-match uh, analysis yeah. which this game and this game, and again, I don't think we even provided that much analysis in this one so terribly sorry to the listener out there who maybe wanted to get some super deep insight but the frustration is simply because I felt like when we were playing well we were playing well and we just couldn't finish and if we scored if you score any of those good chances yeah. then, then it's a whole whole different story we can run away with these games
1: i mean that's that's the story right it's like what more do we have to do why is the is it just why is the cards not falling right
0: Mm. And my biggest fear is that uh my biggest fear is that it gets to the point where it 's just like well there's nothing to play for left this season yeah let 's just limp over the line and regroup in the off season yeah. and i would i th- I think that I think that again, as I added earlier to like the whole atmosphere we 're creating and w- wanting to to have a little bit of respect for what we 're doing as well. Um, I think that as well would be a big killer. So hopefully there's nothing, none of that that occurs. And um, Johnny, you and I can regroup in two weeks' time in person. Here we go.
1: <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right.
0: So t- terribly sorry to all those out there who went and listened to this for some real insight and just heard two grown men bicker and uh, cry a little bit over the the absolute shit that they saw yesterday. But uh, <laughs> there we go. You're just part of my own therapy session. Yeah. Um, as always, Johnny, thank you so much for joining me. No, I think no I'm problem. just going to leave it me. as who was your who was your standout performer for Atletico Ottawa yesterday? Just try and end it on a positive note.
1: Um, I mean, like I was saying earlier, I I think when when Malcolm Shaw got to play striker for like a few seconds there and then get that goal, I thought that was one of one. I mean, he just he's always comes in clutch, doesn't he? How, how many of our goals mm-hmm. are are him? You know, who else was it going to be?
0: seven second top scorer in the league only behind wow there you go
1: there you go proof is in the pudding
0: <laughs> proof is in the pudding <laughs> and on that note uh, oh, after know. the whistle has come to an end thank you so much for tuning in we'll be back on the 25th of September following the Cavalry game as I said that Johnny and I will be doing that one in person live in one of the pubs with some supporters after so we'll have a little bit of a, a live crowd with us as well even though uh, and we might even be able to drag a couple of people on to give their two cents we'll yeah, just see so nice. make sure you keep an eye for that yeah. and uh, hopefully I see some of you at the viewing parties don't be afraid come over and say hi. Johnny, thank you for joining you. and everyone, thank you for listening. Bye. Well, thank you very much for sticking it out and listening through our cathartic process of handling the pain of our defeat against HFX Wanderers. Johnny and I, I promise, are normally a little bit more upbeat and that is not to say that we don't fully support and love this team. Of course we do, but sometimes, like yesterday, there's just a need to Get some things off of your chest. But thank you very much for tuning in. As mentioned, you can find out more about the supporters group at capitalcity supporters.com. Find us on all our social medias at Capital city SG. And make sure that you tune in to the next podcast, which will be after the home game on the twenty-fifth of September. Where before that, the day before, you'll have the Cheap Seats, the new show hosted by Eddie and Brandon, our MDOs who bring the noise down at the front of the stadium. So again, Enjoy your two weeks off and hopefully I'll see some of you at the viewing party, bye.